welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 196 for Saturday the 11th of April, 2020. Coming up this week, I'm over halfway through the first draft of my second non-fiction book of 2020, and I've got the third book all planned out and ready to go. After last week's revelation of my first five-figure month, things have got better, with my Facebook ads yielding more than 100% profit now. And a week later than it was due, I'll be sharing my quarter two goals with you. Welcome to this week's podcast diary. We'll start with the word count as ever, and it's been a productive week this week. I've only had one client, so I've been writing every day throughout this week. So um, with that said, how to create and sell digital products. I think I should finish it next week, probably on Saturday the 18th of April. That's what I'm planning for. If uh, I don't have to book any clients in and nothing changes to disrupt that. It should be next weekend, I reckon. So that'll be my second non-fiction book of the year. So um, I'm actually now got book three sorted and planned. That book is going to be called, wait for it, and this is very internet marketing, by the way, The Five Figure Fiction Formula, because I'm basically going to take it from the start of my self-publishing career to the announcement that I gave you last week, which is that we've finally hit five figures in one month. And it's good for alliteration too, so it works well in a book title. So the next book, The Five Figure Fiction Formula, How to Get from Zero to Five Figures. And it's just going to outline my author journey up to that point. Now, if you would like to read that book as I go along and to add your comments and feedback, then if you could email me, please, at paul at paulteague.com. I won't start writing that probably until, when's it pencil in for? Probably Monday the 20th of April is when I'm scheduled to start writing it. So there won't be anything in that document until then. But if you would like to be a a read along and give me your comments and thoughts and tell me whether I've missed anything out or got anything wrong, then you're welcome to do that. Just email me at paul at paulteague.com. So that book, um, so long as nothing changes, will be written by the 10th of May at the latest. So that'll be three non-fiction books done, I hope, by about May the 10th. I've been booking up Julie Stock to do the proofreads on those books. So Julie's scheduled, I've given her rough dates for those books, and Julie's going to do the, the proofreads of both of those non-fictions. And also... I emailed Sean Stevens, who has delivered cover mock-ups for that uh, third book now. And the minute I get the final version of that uh, cover, I will put that book on pre-release. So in the first, well, five months of the year? Yeah, in the first five months of the year, I'm planning on having three non-fiction books written, which feels pretty good when you think of the amount of disruption that we've had this year. And after the 10th of May, I'm just looking at my road to my schedule here. I mean, I, th- I think actually, potentially, if nothing changes, and things will change, but if nothing changes, I could have that book written by the 3rd of May because I am writing every day now, but I have actually budgeted a, a week's leeway on that. So it will, it should definitely be done by the 10th of May. And from that point onwards, I've got one, two, 
three three weeks then before I start writing the Shallow Falls trilogy, books two and three of the Shallow Falls trilogy. So I could actually fit a fourth nonfiction in there, but I'm not going to commit to that until I see whether we're still on lockdown, whether anybody's at work or anything like that. It just really depends. I, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that by the third of May, I'm sure everything must, I'm pretty sure things will be pretty well the same. I'm not quite sure how things might change in May. So I'm not going to commit to that fourth book yet, but potentially I could squeeze a fourth nonfiction in before I, I have to start writing the fiction. And I actually had some inspiration this week. I have got into a new routine. It's, I quite like it actually. I'm enjoying it. And I, I told you what the routine is last week and that I, I get up at about, uh, well, I wake up at about 6.40, listen to the news. I'm up just after 7, have a cup of tea. I'm going for a run around the local park. I come back, have another cup of tea. Uh, we, we get up and have a slow breakfast. And, and by the time I'm showered, we've stopped talking and things like that. I'm generally getting around to work at about 11 o'clock. So really 11 till about 3 o'clock with a snack in between is my productive time. 3.30, I'm playing scrabble with my mum online five is is tea and then I get a couple of hours in the evening but I, I tend to save work that doesn't take too much focus in the evening because I'm quite tired by then so that pretty well is my routine and so the writing I'm, I'm finding it perfectly easy to write a chapter that did two chapters today actually of non-fiction I'm not doing it by word count I'm doing it by chapters and because I decided from the feedback that I'd received from people who are reading the book, I thought, oh, I need another chapter in there, actually. So because I added another chapter, I wrote two shorter chapters today. I wrote chapters 9 and 13 today. Um, so long as I don't get clients who would also be scheduled in that time, if I had a client, I could just keep writing at that rate. And if I keep writing at that rate, I'm done by next Saturday and up to chapter 15 of that book. So it's going perfectly right. And having got that rhythm now, I was thinking about the Shadow Falls trilogy and I really can't, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to sit down and write 5,000 words in a day, not with the number of distractions, the, 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 the level to which I'm distracted looking at the news and just seeing what's going on with, with so much going on. There's no way I'm going to sit down and write 5,000 words in a day, not at the moment, not with the whole family home. It's just not going to happen. But what I have found is a new routine and a new rhythm in there. And what I am going to do with the Shallow Falls trilogy, rather than write 5,000 words a day uh, over two days of the week, I'm going to write 1,700 words per day over six days of the week, which will give me my 10,000 words weekly. I need that to hit my target. Now, 1,700 words per day for me is an hour of fiction writing. That's that's a, it's a, a chapter. Is it a chapter? Yeah, it's a chapter for me. 1,700 words is an hour's writing for me where everything gets turned off and I just write. And I was thinking about it with this new routine that's going to be absolutely fine for me. I know I can keep that up. So uh, I'm feeling a lot happier about Shadow Falls Trilogy now. Of course, I've just got to come up with the stories. I've got plenty of time to do that. But that's how I'm going to write Shadow Falls Trilogy. Unless things go back to normal. I cannot see things going back to normal for a long time but also when I'm talking about things going back to normal I mean the kids the kids won't be back to university till till September I'm pr very very sure about that they'll be learning online this term whatever happens I think and I think the question is is if my wife goes back to work because that is something that could happen they start to ease social distancing that could happen 
in a managed and reduced way. Whoops, sorry, I just knocked something on my desk while I was I was gesticulating. <laughs> I don't know why I'm gesticulating. This is audio only. It's not a video. Anyhow, sorry. So my wife could go back to work, uh, potentially, but I can't see that happening until June, maybe, at the earliest. It's so difficult to tell, isn't it? So I'm really just, it's like letting out a little bit of rope bit by bit. That's how I feel like I'm doing with my planning. Um, but, you know, if everything were back to normal, I'd write 5,000 words over two days a week. But at the moment, I, I have got into this groove at the moment. It is productive for me in a very different kind of a way. Still getting plenty done, just, just in a different way from what I normally did things. So I think I can get those books written in that way. I'm very happy with that. It suits the rhythm of the day. And I can definitely, for an hour a day, shut everything off, write at my normal fiction speed and get 1,700 words on. That's 10,000 a week. That'll get the books done in time. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And to be honest with you, now I don't have to go into work in the office. I actually feel that that would probably be a healthier way for me to write. So the fact that I used to write 5,000 words a day over two days of the week, that used to reflect the fact that I used to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I had Thursday and Friday when my wife was at work. So I just that's just how I the pattern had fallen. I actually think... It's probably better for me as an author to, to do 1,700 words a day over, over six days or five days of the week because I get more break time in between, more thinking time, but that's still a pretty productive rate. It's it's still going to be the normal rate of books I would produce over the year. So yeah, that, that's where I'm going with Shallow Falls Trilogy. So that brings you up to date with uh, what I've been doing this week. The big news, of course, is is this sort of five-figure author breakthrough that I've had. And I wanted to report back to you on the first 10 days of April, because in fact, those figures have improved. And I'm recording this a little bit later than I normally would on Friday, because I was waiting for the numbers to hit for the first 10 days of April, £5,000 of income. And they just did it at five o'clock on Friday, the 10th of April. So over, over, well, it's about nine and a half days, isn't it really? Because I've still got a night of America to take in. But um, over, we'll say 10 days, over 10 days, the first 10 days of April, that's £5,000 and one penny. And again, for those of you who are familiar with the Amazon income dashboard that you get, I can tell you that that is set at the the lowest rate. So I've assumed a decrease on that. That's uh, so that that's the lowest number I can give you now to give you a rough idea of where we are in US dollars. That's six thousand and something US dollars or thereabouts. And in euros, it's about five, six hundred euros, five thousand six hundred euros, something like that. And all of those settings are on uh, a decrease, assuming a decrease of the earnings from week to week. Now, again, in the first 10 days of April, my page reads are 1 million, I have to be careful with these figures here, 1,130,541 page reads. My sales, these are no freebies in here. I've made 4,004 sales. My Facebook expenditure in the first 10 days of April was £2,125.19. So my profitability on my Facebook ads is now 135%. So when I pay the cost of the Facebook ads, my profit 
is 135% if I've done my maths right. And then a final figure to give you, book report tells me, and again, there's many ifs, buts and maybes on book report and the way it calculates the numbers, but book report tells me, and this is the only way I can get a number on this, well, without me having to go into spreadsheets, which I'm not doing because I haven't got the patience for it. Book report tells me that my income since I launched that box set, which was on the 25th of January of this year, my total income on that, just that package, that package of 12 books is £16,884.47. And that, of course, discounts income from any of the other books. Um, because the other thing that happened this week is again, I keep forgetting all about this, is I got a, another payment from John and James, which now reflects, I think it was month two of the sci-fi trilogy sales. And that was a good check this month. It's much more than I expected uh, because we're selling book one, two, three. And I think it also reflects that we've got the the box set in there as well. So it, it does feel like, it's, it's an amazing feeling, but uh, you know, it feels like I've been working towards this forever. But for the first time ever, it feels like we've got different profit centers bringing in income in different ways. So the sci-fi novels from John and James, that check came in. I thought, oh, right, great. That's very nice. Thank you very much. And then we've got this box set, which is obviously doing very well. And we've got the other books, um, you know, bringing income as well. So it just, it just feels like, um, you know, everything's kind of come together. Now, that isn't going to last. I can tell you it isn't going to last because I've got something to tell you about Facebook in a minute. I did also want to, I always want to give you the sort of gritty reality of this. The gritty reality is, is that I've also been trying to get my sci-fi, I've, I've bundled seven of my sci-fi books together and I've been trying to get those going in the same way on Facebook and they're not firing. And the reason for that may well be uh, the cover. I think what I'm going to try is a different uh, graphics cover. So I, th I think I need to experiment with the image that I'm using there, um, you know, to just make it more sort of atmospheric and descriptive of the books. So I need to just get around to that. I haven't done that yet, but the sci-fi one isn't working. I can also tell you that I've been running some Facebook ads on the podcast book um, since the month began, since it was launched, and they're not really doing anything either. So again, I want to give you the full truth of this, and that is that I'm just lucky with this box set advert in that everything has converged, the traffic, the audience, the, the graphics, the text. It's the kind of Facebook ad that you're always trying to get. It's it's one that's working, but that hasn't given me any kind of Midas touch with this. I just happen to have got lucky with one that works. I haven't got the Midas touch because the sci-fi one isn't working and the podcast one isn't working. So I've got to go back to the drawing board with those and come up with something different. Now, again, interestingly, with these with these Facebook ads, it's it's really interesting because it's more profitable in comparison with the expenditure. If I spend, if I set my budget at one hundred and twenty five pounds per day on the UK ads and one hundred and twenty five pounds per day on the US ads, so that's a budget of two hundred and fifty pounds a day. That is yielding roughly five hundred and fifty pounds of income a day. But if I increase that spend, it doesn't really increase my profits. Um, so the sweet spot for me, and I have experimented with this because at one stage, I think I even tried last month, something like 400 a day uh, in the UK and the US. So you know, I have been playing with the budgets, but the sweet spot, interestingly, 
for that advert appears to be 125 down the UK, 125 on the US. And, and the most profitable hours for me are 7 p.m. UK time until about the same in the morning. So overnight is where I, I make more profit. What I've noticed is during the day that I'm making sales during the day, but often I'm running slightly at a loss during the daytime. And then when the night comes, I go to bed. I'm usually started just moving into profit by the time I go to bed at about 10, 11 o'clock UK time. And by the time I wake up in the morning, I've generated about 200 pounds profit overnight. So it's very interesting. Now, um, I, I know also with Facebook ads, and I, and I did experiment with this last month when I was playing around with things, but I didn't touch the magic formula. I also know that you can schedule adverts to run during certain hours of the night. Now, I did that last month and I, I can't remember what I messed up. I didn't get it right and the ads didn't perform as well. So I, I just stuck with the ads I've got because they are performing well. But ideally, I would tweak those ads to make them run 7 till 7, basically 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. So they're running during their most profitable hours. But when I did play with that on some other adverts, I think there was a loss for them not having run during the day. So I'm sticking with the ads I've got, warts and all, because they are, it's, it's 250 spend, uh, so 250 out, 250 pounds out, about 525, 550 in every day consistently at the moment for every day in April. So, you know, that's, that's going very well. Now, if that were to continue, there's a big book coming in a minute, by the way. If that were to continue, I would be in line for about £16,000 of income this month from that promotion, about £16,000. But, and here's the big but, at the time I'm recording this, at about two hours before the, I, I started recording, Facebook all of a sudden took three payments out of my account. I saw the payments come up in my Facebook account, and I thought, that's unusual. Facebook's gone mad. It's suddenly taking payments from my account. Usually I manually pay them when it gets up to about £500 of ad spend. And I looked at the accounts and guess what? For the third time in this ad campaign, Facebook has blocked the ads account. For the third time. And it's just, it drives me mad. There is, this is no way to run a business. It's just appalling. And I've written a big blog, ranty blog post about this at paulteague.com. And it just, this is no way to run a business. It just drives me crazy. So at the moment, my, my ads account, just this is the ads account that I set up because the other ads account had been blocked. I got something to tell you about that in a minute too. And at the moment it says ad account disabled for pi policy violation. Now, you tell me what policy violation that is. Um, because there, you know, there isn't one. And then it says you could request a review of this ad account. Well, I've requested a review of it. And so uh, I, I'm just going to wait and see what they say. So for the last two times, I thought, oh, it's game over again. That's it. Facebook's blocked me. Um, for the last two times, they've let me back in. But of course, I lose a day's income, which is really frustrating every time they do this. I was really getting frustrated with Facebook. This is no way to run a business. Now, I don't know what's flagged the account, whether it's been flagged up because they've got some artificial intelligence on it or something like that. But this is, this is appalling. I mean, my ad spend at the moment, uh, what's my ad spend? Is it, I'm trying to look at the period. 
uh, oh, the last 30 days, my ad spend over the last 30 days is £7,617.62. Okay, £7,617. All of those bills are paid. So at the moment, my account is showing a balance of £3.90. Um, I don't know why they haven't taken that because they the last payments they took were £42.70, £1 and a penny, £1.65. And probably because they did that, that's probably what's blocked my credit card because it, the credit card's probably flagged it up as spam. So, you know, it's, this is a ridiculous business model on Facebook's part. It's just ridiculous to keep blocking accounts like this. Um, you know, and, and as I say, the minute I told you this last week in the, in the big presentation that I did, you know, I said to you, this is not an author breakthrough on my part. This is simply me got lucky with the Facebook ads. Um, and, and it, it will only last as long as the Facebook ads last. If Facebook turn my ads off, it's game over as far as that income is concerned. Okay. So, I really want you to understand that. And everything that I'm writing about in my Creating Digital Products book at the moment is about relying on one platform, which is exactly what I'm doing in Facebook. Because frankly, I've got no other choice to make money at the moment. I can't make that amount of money unless I rely on Facebook to do that. There is no other viable alternative for me. But look at the vulnerability it gives me. The minute they have a tantrum, they block my account and I stop making money. It's just no way to run a business. I mean, that amount of ad expenditure too, they treat you like you're nothing, like a bit of chewing gum on their shoe. And it's an appalling business model. So I'm having a rant at Facebook at the moment because, you know, if this is some artificial intelligence, they need to change the message. Uh, what I would accept is is if the if there is an artificial intelligence flagged something, I would accept a message that politely informs me that my account has been flagged for review. It would be quite nice to know why it's been flagged for review and that a Facebook representative will be in touch with me within 24 hours. So I would accept that. What I don't like is this ad account disabled for policy violation. You know, you are evil. You have done something wrong when I know I haven't. And, and then having to review the account. And then because um, everybody's sl working slower at the moment, I've got to wait ages to get a review on the account. And then I've got to keep my fingers crossed that I'm not going to have the same experience as I had last time when they completely blocked me on my account. Now, wait till you hear what else happened this week, because I thought I was only going to be telling you one thing about Facebook this week. What happened also earlier this week, you know the account that was blocked? Facebook has released it again. So I'm actually clear to advertise in the account that has been blocked for, what, over a year? And there was no explanation um, basically when I log into Facebook, I've got, I've got two Facebook accounts. Uh, that account is, is marked as a, as a personal account. And then I, I have a second account. This is the new one I set up to, to get around that block. Uh, and that's marked as self-publishing journeys. And so now that one is blocked and the other one was released earlier in the week. No explanation. It's had a, you are blocked, go away. Don't use this account there for ages and all of a sudden it's gone i mean what the heck are facebook playing at it's just rubbish and it's no way to run a business um i'm just frankly appalled by it <laughs> i hope you could i hope you could tell but you know I, this is what i'm writing about in my digital content creation i've I've been struck by this so many times I, I we used to have it all the time at internet marketing launches and i it really makes me cross because it's a terrible business model. And frankly, by the way, this is why we need cryptocurrencies. Because when we, when you have cryptocurrencies, you are your own bank. No one can lock you when you are your own bank. And it'll 
well, it'll put them in their place when we're all in cryptocurrencies, which is more likely to happen as a result of all the quantitative easing that's going on at the moment too. But uh, this is why we need to be our own bank so that people can't say to us, you know, we're not taking your money and you can't spend your money. Um, so yeah, it brings out the libertarian in me, I'm afraid. But um, this is very annoying, uh, you know, but I've, I've, I've got lots of cautionary tales in the book that I'm writing at the moment because I knew somebody once um, PayPal retained £10,000. They wouldn't let him have £10,000 simply because he'd made so many sales it had flagged up as being fraudulent activity. Well, it wasn't fraudulent activity. We were just making, or he was just making a lot of sales. And and I and I used to have similar experience when when we did internet marketing launches. You would be selling constantly, just constantly, sell, 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 which is a little bit like what's going on on Facebook at the moment. I'm just selling constantly. Obviously, there's smaller sales here, and I know sometimes that gets flagged up as spam. It looks like there's some robot on it, but um, anyhow. That's enough of that, but it's ridiculous. And I'm very annoyed with Facebook. I'll let you know next week whether they kind of let me through again, because I mean, that's uh, seven days is worth, it's worth a lot of money. So it's worth three and a half thousand to me in between now and the next diary of income. Um, you know, that's really important and it's really rubbish, uh, blocking people, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, inhibiting their business in that way. It's just like a petulant child throwing toys out of a pram. Anyhow, that's me having a rant. Sorry about that. Um, so let's move on. I, I've, I've, this is this is why I'm enjoying my nonfiction at the moment and why I'm keen to get three out because I listed how to start a podcast on Payhip this week. So I, I, I listed it on BookFunnel, but I'm not giving it away or giving samples. I might give a sample chapter away with that, but I'm not giving the book away for free or using it you know, in any kind of free promo. You could buy it if you want it, you know, at full price. That's that's how I am with my nonfiction. And but I've listed it on BookFunnel, and BookFunnel is linked up to Payhip, so I can also sell it directly because I'm listing wide with nonfiction. I want the book to be available absolutely everywhere. So it's available on Ingram Spark. It's available. I I put it on Publish Drive, and it's gone to everywhere in Publish Drive. I have also listed it on Draft the Digital this week. Um, but the only outlet that Draft the Digital has, which Publish Drive doesn't, and I checked Publish Drive several times to make sure I wasn't mistaken, so I, I don't think I am. Publish Drive lets me um, list on Baker and Taylor, which is a library option. So I've just listed it everywhere at the moment. It's available everywhere. And all of my nonfiction books are going to be available on every single outlet that I could possibly list on. And they also have proper ISBN numbers as well, not not Amazon ISBNs. Even on Amazon, it has the proper ISBN number. And the reason for that to be consistent with the ISBN is if I used an Amazon ISBN um, on on Amazon, and then I listed it on Ingram Spark, the book would be listed twice. Whereas Ingram Spark will be blocked if they try and list the paperback on Amazon, it would be blocked by my ISBN, so it can't li- list two books on both. Now, I'm sure when I used Ingram Spark last time, you used to get a little checkbox in Ingram Spark where you could say, don't list it on Amazon. I'm sure you used to get that, but but you don't seem to get that anymore. It's, I don't like it at all. You, you don't get any control over the channels at all. So to me, that's a step backwards rather than a, a step forwards. So I'm having a bit of a rant today, aren't I? But, um, <laughs> you know, some of the, it does, it's like Ingram Spark, you know, it's very old fashioned and I really don't like linking there. And they've got a new site design which frankly is not not as good as the old one. 
And I just think, I just keep thinking, you know, if you don't change this model, you're going to be dead in the water. You ain't going to survive as a business. And you've got people like Publish Drive. Look at the way that Publish Drive is innovating. Look at the way that Draft the Digital is innovating. Those are the kind of businesses I like. Why isn't Ingram Spark doing that? Why can't they move at that pace and provide the service they do in as flexible and simple way as all the others do? You know, why can't they manage that? But it's still old fashioned. It feels creaky and old and dusty to me. But we've got to use it. But the minute we get an alternative, we're all moving from Ingram Spark. If we do get an alternative, we could list on the same places. If Draft the Digital come up with it or Publish Drive, whoever comes up with it first, I've no allegiance. I, I list on Ingram Spark because I have to. If there was ever an, an alternative, I'd go over there because it's not a, a pleasant, a pleasant experience at all listing on Ingram Spark. So, so I do feel like I'm ranted a bit today, but there's a couple of things here. You know, the reason I didn't list on Ingram Spark is, is for that reason, because they make it so difficult. And then I, I was really keen to, to list my fiction books on Ingram Spark, but what it's done is it's kind of reopened the wound. It's reminded me why I didn't really like Ingram Spark in the first place. They really need to change that interface and to make it simpler. Um, otherwise I just can't see that, uh, I, I think people will migrate. They'll vote with their feet. When somebody like Draft the Digital comes up with a paperback service that can rival them, we'll just all move completely. So you heard it here first, everybody. When I was just um, building my audience on Facebook this week, I'm very aware that I don't want people to see the advert too many times. So I just topped up the audience. And my wife came up with something that uh, she uses uh, in her in her library work. And it's a, a website called whoelsewriteslike.com. Whoelsewriteslike.com. I've put the link on this week's resources page and it was really handy it's this is just something they use in the library when people say oh I want books like uh, Lee Child and they look them up on this website and it recommends all sorts of authors that you can you could send people to so um, it's who else writes like and I just went through that and just found it a really useful website to to just get some ideas of, of, of audiences to target and there were a couple of authors that I hadn't heard of that were available for me to target in Facebook now, um, in my county, I can use as a library user, I get that free. So I'm not sure what the terms are. And you might have to check if you're in the UK, whether you could use it in your library. I don't know the ifs, buts and maybes with it, but I'll recommend it to you anyway. Who else writes like dot com. I've got to share this news. It's a little victory in my life, but I beat my mum at uh, Words with Friends today. This is this Scrabble game that we're playing online. I've been joining my mum every day for a game of Scrabble. And uh, I got a, a note from Gurbir Singh, who's a listener to the podcast. And Gurbir was asking me about the remote access link that I use. Um, because if, if anything goes weird with this game, like an advert or a pop-up comes up, mum's not really sure what to do. So the way we play it is I'm connected onto her computer at the same time. So if she has a trouble, I just go in and refresh something or do whatever needs to be done. It just works better like that. Um, so I've put the link to that. PC connector and it's really um, easier. Basically, um, they they just have to install a little thing in their Chrome browser. It generates a code. They give you the code which you tap into your browser and then it gives you access to their computer screen. So if you've got elderly parents who aren't very good at tech um, or you want to do a similar thing and just make sure you stay connected with one of your elderly uh, parents or uh, relatives, then it's just a really easy and free way of securely connecting to their computer. And we use it on a Chromebook. So I couldn't have anything that required a download 
um, on a Chromebook. It had to be browser-based. So it really is extremely easy and it doesn't get in the way of anything at all. The other thing I just wanted to mention is that I've been building a radio station this week. It's absolutely remarkable. You get great bits of software now that work exactly like a BBC radio station used to at the time that I left. So everything had gone electronic when I left radio. And you just used to go on the computer and none of the, you didn't have CDs and records. You might have had some as backups in case the system went down. But as a rule, unless you were playing a golden oldies program when you had to have vinyl, uh, you were playing everything on everything, your jingles and everything was just on a computer screen. And you literally just used to have a button, which was that said next on it. And you just click next and it would cue the next thing. And, and I got a bit of software, which is just absolutely amazing. And I got this software linked so it can live stream this radio show. And it does everything. I bought myself a license, so I'm, I'm licensed. And, and, and I can geolocate the stream so that um, the license only covers certain countries, so I can block certain countries. And it's just, it's just remarkable. Um, so I've been, what I've been doing this week, this was a job I actually had to do in preparation for going to Spain, but I've been ripping all my CDs. If you remember, I had computer problems. Uh, was it at the end of last year, beginning of this year? And I got the hard drive redone, all that sort of stuff. So what I've been doing is re-ripping all of my CDs because I wanted them on my hard drive anyway um, for when we go to Spain because I'm not taking CDs out there. So I've, as I've been ripping the CDs, that's a Spain job, I've been taking all the singles of the songs that I want to put into radio playlists onto a different part of my hard drive. And it's, it's just taken me back to my radio days. And now I've got like something like 700, 800 tunes, which is my radio playlist, um, and I can just circulate the tunes. So I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do with it, but I just thought, oh, what the heck? I've just, I've just licensed myself for a year. I've got this software, which is, is actually great because you can put it on auto DJ. So you can actually, I got 700, 800 tunes in this thing. And when you put it on auto DJ, it just queues up the tunes and auto fades them. You don't even have to fade it. So actually for, for just having random music on my PC, that piece of software is absolutely brilliant. But it's got, you know, microphone buttons. I, it's just amazing. I can't believe how things have come on. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But I'm probably going to broadcast some show on a Sunday evening. I will keep it secret. Uh, but I, I, I might share it on, on a couple of groups with, with musical interests that I'm on uh, and I might play some specialist tunes as, as well on there but I'm just treating it as a bit of a hobby and, a, and as a bit of fun but I, I just can't believe that you could do that you could set up your own radio station and, and if I wanted to I could be broadcasting 24 hours a day seven days a week and it could all be on auto DJ I don't even need to turn up I just put it on auto DJ and it just constantly fades the music in and out it's just amazing so I am gonna have a play with it you know really for old times sake and for radio interest sake but I won't be turning it into anything. It has taken up a little bit of my time this week, I must admit. It has been a bit of a distraction. Um, I have been doing work, though, honestly, and I've been doing my accounts this week, which are almost ready for submitting. It was the end of the tax year uh, the last weekend. So um, all everything's reconciled now. Uh, everything's been allocated. It's all ready to go. So all I got to do this week is um, I, I do like to keep some paperwork. So I got some paperwork printing to do, and I have to do some I have to do some tax allocation as well. Uh, so that's going to get done this week, and, and then I will file it on the uh, Inland Revenue website. So I'll file my taxes this weekend, and, uh, and that that will be done. 
But I tell you what is interesting, because I've got more money coming into the business at the moment, or I did until Facebook blocked me, uh, because I've got more money coming in the business at the moment, um, I, I've made some invisible money. And I just wanted to share this with you because when I was doing it during the week, I thought I must share this because this is just a little business tip. So when I have less money coming into the business, um, and so if you think recently I was doing rapid release and I had, I had accrued money in the business, but all that money went on edits and book covers with, with, uh, Stuart Bash. I spent a fortune on ads and, and, uh, email promos. So I burned up a lot of money last year doing the rapid release. So when I need more cash flow and I'm not earning obviously what I am at the moment, I pay things like MailerLite monthly because it reduces the amount of money that I need to spend. But when you pay monthly, you pay slightly more. Now, at the moment, I'm in a position to pay for things 12 months up front. And when you pay for things 12 months up front, you usually get two months for free. So in my accounts, I run my business accounts 12 months ahead so that I can predict the ebbs and flows and when bills are in, things like that. This is an important part of your cash flow in a business. And I'm, I'm saying this with, with business newbies in mind. This is what you're aspiring to. So I look at my cash flow. So I, I don't, I never like surprises financial. I don't like financial surprises. I like to know when everything's coming in and when, when bills need to go out. So over that 12 month period, I know when my web hosting's coming and all that sort of stuff. So I, I know what bills I have to meet and what income levels I need to hit. But interestingly, over the next 12 months, you've got 12 months of MailerLite payments, 12 months of book funnel, 12 months of site ground payments and, and things like that. And then I was thinking, well, hang on, it makes more sense now for me to pay those up front because I save two months payments. And so effectively it puts money, it puts free money in the bank, in, in the cash flow. So what I've done this week is I've renewed MailerLite for a year ahead. So I'm 12 months ahead with MailerLite. I paid up for the year. I've paid for book funnel for the year ahead. And I've now... Uh, I knew this was coming. I've now also got the three author name package because I, I need book funnel for sci-fi, for thrillers, and I need it for non-fiction. So I've upgraded my package on book funnel. I've paid my web hosting for the year ahead. I've renewed book brush for the year ahead. And I've also renewed my cover maker, which is what I use to make all the, the lovely 3D uh, sets that I've got. I use my cover maker for that. So it, it's really lovely when you've got a bit of cash flow in the business because you could do all of those things. Um, the other thing I've done, and again, I, I'm sharing this with you because to me, this is good business practice. It is, it is a privilege of, of having cash flowing at the time, because as you'll know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, often it's a bit hand to mouth and you know that I don't take money out of my personal pocket to pay for this writing business. It's always had to come out of of, of bootstrapping everything's had to come out of earnings i don't rob my personal uh, income to subsidize the book business it has to run itself that's another good business discipline i think um you know even if you could afford to subsidize it it's not good practice to always think well that's okay i got enough money in the household budget i'll just nick 500 and subsidize it it's not a good business mindset i don't think it's a much better business mindset to bootstrap it and force yourself to make income in the business pay for everything it's it's just it's just a good practice i think so the other thing i've done i told you that i have now budgeted um, a monthly salary for myself for um i'm 14 months ahead now with with monthly salary 
And the other thing that occurred to me the other day is that that's good to give me tax liability. So I've also saved the tax up and that's going to go into premium bonds for 14 months ahead. Um, I'm not putting in a savings account at the moment. <laughs> so that would be crazy. I might as well burn it on the fire. So I'll stick that in a premium bond account because I might, you know, if I win 25 quid on it, that's better than I'm ever going to get in a savings account over that period of time. And I know um, people who are much more financially savvy than me would say, oh, get those, um, what are the tax things? ISAs, get, put it in an ISA. I've, I've done ISAs with my mum. Um, when my dad died, I'm not a big fan of ISAs. I know I should, but I'm not a big fan of them. Um, so, uh, I put, I'm putting that tax money by as well. Now, tax is often the thing that stings people. Um, so, so when I have met authors who've had this, you know, the, one of these windfalls where they're suddenly getting very excited, often what they do is they spend, 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 uh, because they've not had money like that, but particularly if people are a bit younger and being an old geezer, I always warn them. And say, you know, it's it's nice when the cash is flowing, but it won't always flow. Somebody like Facebook could switch you off at a moment's notice. It's very, very important to always be planning for those rainy days. And it's really important to be looking at, am I going to get a VAT liability here? You know, am I going to trigger VAT at any point, VAT uh, in the UK um, at 68,000, I think it is at the moment. Um, and what is my tax liability going to be in the next tax year? Because you don't want to have to find that tax money next year. You're better putting it away this year as you're earning the income. So, um, so for 14 months, um, and that's basically, if you say, again, I only worked this out the other day in that I'm receiving income at the moment that is two months behind, but I will generate income that will be two months ahead. So I, I've basically just budgeted things over a 14 month period and and all that money uh, it's it's not available yet it will be when amazon pay me will get put by um you know so it, so it's all there and, and, and ready to roll i know this is boring business stuff but this is what makes your business secure i've been trying to move to this for a long time rather than um living hand to mouth all the time so i what i'm giving you is is sort of hopefully maybe not business best practice but better practice business better practice i won't, I won't claim it's best practice because i wouldn't know what best practice is but having cash up front means you can make savings you know in a way that always paying at the last minute um doesn't so just bear that in mind if, if you are in that situation just look at where you can make what i call invisible money because i'm going to get made light for the next year anyway if i pay for it a year ahead when i can it makes two months invisible money back from MailerLite in terms of the cash that I save over a 12-month period. So I know that's all a bit boring and dry, but hopefully it might just inspire some thoughts or some strategies that you could use in your own uh, author business. Okay, that's it for the news this week. Let's move on to my quarter two objectives, which are a week uh, later than they should have been. Now, I've put a, a picture, a photograph of my planning board, which is always to my left as I'm speaking to you now into my microphone. And I've had to blur a few things out because there's always a few personal things on there that give locations of kids at uni and things like that. So I like to stay uh, prime about all that kind of stuff. So if it is blurred, it's a personal thing, but I, I, I will summarize it for you without telling you the specific details. But that's why the blurs are there. So um, this is for quarter two. April 2020 to June 2020. And clearly this has changed a bit, bearing in mind what's happened in the wider world at the moment. And I'm assuming really for the next quarter, you know, I can't see, although things might be more relaxed in that time, I can't see 
the brakes being taken off fully in that time. I just can't see in that time period. My, my feeling is that there's no way we're getting back to anywhere near normal until I think September time. That, that's my personal view of it. But I, you know, that's based on a bit of armchair general knowledge. What do I know? But, that, that in, but I'm just letting you know that in my kind of planning, in my own head, I'm roughly thinking this is what I got to work with this year. So, um, from April to June, then I want to get my nonfiction digital products book, how to create and sell digital products book done. And then at the moment, what have I ticked off? Uh, oh, I haven't chapter, I haven't, um, ticked off the chapters yet. So I've done chapter nine and chapter 13. So I've got chapters 10, 11, 12, 14. And I think there's a 15 now, is there? I think I ended a 15 this week. Yeah. Chapter 15. And then that will be done. I'm reading it in the evenings at the moment to to do my kind of proofread. I've got people obviously reading it as we go along and making corrections. It will go to Julie Stock for a final proofread probably next Sunday, unless something stops me writing on the schedule that I want to write on. And then we'll get that published as soon as possible. And I um I I put that on pre-sale for months ahead. Uh, I'm hoping, I haven't checked this yet, but I heard that Amazon were allowing us to be more flexible with our what they call them pre-orders and so I'm hoping I can just publish that when it's ready uh, I'll let you know when it comes to it and then also um, I, I want to write my second non-fiction book uh, which is the five-figure book that I'm going to write and again I've that'll be done probably by the end of, of May I hope so non-fiction writing uh, this month or this quarter I should say item number three which is blurred out of the list they're just a couple of things that I want to do um, in my inverted commas retirement, they're just, they're, they're, I was going to say end of life things. I don't want to say that, do I? Not end of life things, but late, later in life things that they're, they're, they're personal things that I want to do that I could do at home that, you know, the, the sort of thing that you go through your life and say, I want to do this and I've never done it. And I want to put my money where my mouth is and have a go at doing them and either doing them or saying, Oh, do you know what? There's a reason why I didn't do that for so many years of my life. Uh, you know, I didn't really want to do it. So I, I, I want to put these things to rest, but they're just kind of personal things um, that, that I want to do. So um, I haven't put those on the board, but you can just see the blur there, the mysterious blur. Uh, Paul's podcast diary. I did say to you that I was committing to episode 200. So you will get to episode 200 and I'll tell you more about the, the podcast after this, after I've done this review. I want to get the paperback versions of Don't Tell Meg, the Walk of Bay trilogy, and the standalones are all available. So the standalones are going to be Amazon only because I don't have proper covers for those. But the Don't Tell Meg trilogy and Walk of Bay trilogy, they are going to go get listed on Ingram Spark. I'm certainly going to try and list them on Ingram Spark and hope that everything is of the right specification. So they're going to get those done as well. Um, so there's that, that kind of spans two, um, items on here. Um, so item five is to get the paperback versions done on, um, Amazon. And then item six is to get the Walker Bay trilogy on Ingram Spark and also don't tell Meg if I can. Um, writing sort of activities. I wanted to go, I try Left for Dead on Bookbub, which I did, it got knocked back. I'm a bit nervous of putting Don't Tell Meg in BookBub because it has a good record of getting accepted. And I don't really know whether I want it to be accepted at the moment because it's not making as much money as it was. And and and, and frankly, I'm making more money on Facebook at the moment. And if I put Don't Tell Meg on BookBub, 
it might mean I've got to change the six-pack configuration. Otherwise, I'm not going to make money on books two and three in the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. So I haven't submitted Don't Tell Meg to BookBub yet. But if Facebook permanently lock me, and I'll find that out within the next 25, 24 hours, uh, then I'll put Don't Tell Meg in for a, a BookBub because I'll, I'll, I'll want that income. And I want to do some sorting. Now I'm kind of not chasing the tail all the home and I'm inverted commas retired. Um, as you can tell, it's, this is nowhere near retirement. There's still plenty of work getting done. But I want to sort out my vellum files, my Scrivener files, and my covers. Everything's a mess on my hard drive. Uh, particularly, it just I just lost it when I was doing rapid release. I was doing so much work and so many different books. So I, I just want to get all the latest versions of everything organised and in a, an area where they're backed up in Dropbox. I've got everything. They're just not very well organised at the moment. So I want to get It's a big sort, basically. I'm having a big sort out. And then also, I want to, I've got the uh, So Many Lies blog tour on April the 27th, and that's all ready to go. It's being read and reviewed as I speak. I've got some Spain preparation to do. This is item number eight. So I've booked the EasyJet flight. I told you about that a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to, um, you know, it's a triumph of hope over reality. I noticed this week that there are articles coming out saying that Spain isn't going to get back to normal in September. That's how I think we're all going to get that's the only time I think it'll be September till we get back to normality and I think the school term may drive that the school and university terms will probably drive that that's my personal feeling on it but anyhow I booked I've booked the flights for the kids and for us for Christmas if we can't do it you know it'll get refunded and we won't do it we'll have to save it till next year but those are booked and then what else have I got for Spain uh, ripping music on the CD I've got to do as well and um, there's some other sorting things that I want to do just in preparation for Spain too, because I want to get a lot of stuff sort of packed away in storage before we go to Spain. So I've got a lot of sorting to do. So I have started to target those jobs as well. Reading-wise, I need to read Now You See Her, because I've got to read the book to refresh my mind about the plot so I can start planning the next two books. I need to get Now You See Her done by the end of April. I've got to get a crack on with that. I'm dragging my feet. Um... I got a um, grammar document from Dan Sewell. And so that's the uh, non-fiction book that I want to read. It's not a book. It's kind of like a guide that Dan sent me. So that's on the list to read. Uh, I want to read Story Genius. Uh, that's another non-fiction book. And How Not to Get Published, as well as The Fatal Flaws of Fiction Writing. Now, as I'm reading that to you now, that feels a bit ambitious at the moment. But we'll see. That those are the books I'm hoping to get read over this quarter. Those are craft books, because um, I'm always keen, obviously, to be looking at craft books. And I have to say, uh, I could probably do, I probably ought to add to that list, a review of Mark Dawson's Facebook ads, because I could probably do with a little bit of input on Facebook ads, just to make sure I'm not missing any tricks on my adverts. But I won't look at that until I know that Facebook have uh, released me from Facebook jail. If they do, we'll have to wait and see for that, won't we? So... What else? Well, this is interesting, you see, because at the moment, as I'm speaking to you now, I've got some comments on my uh, on, on the books. Now, I'm assuming this is on Facebook, and usually that means they've switched the, the ads back on, but there's nothing in my interface that's telling me they've done that yet. So it might just be a viral share. But the other thing is, is I, I could also see that I've accrued a bit of an ad spend too, since they locked the account. So, you know... Who knows? I'll let you know next week. Yeah, I've spent three ninety you see, since they, they got all the bills. So not quite sure what's going on there. We'll wait and see. Um, what else then? Um, 
I want to do some platform work. Um, all of these things, I've just, I've just been terrible with a lot of stuff. Uh, it was rapid release that made me sort of lose my pace, really. But I, I need to get on top of MailerLite. I need to, I have done a, a light review of MailerLite just to make sure nothing's out of date. But I, you know, I, I know what to do with all this stuff with automations and things. And I just need to get my act together. I just need to have more automations. I just need to, I've got loads of books now. I need to cover all my books in my MailerLite automations. I just need to do it properly. So, I want to look at MailerLite and give it a complete review. Um, I need to get, I've got to do some jiggery pokery with the podcast. I'll tell you about that in a moment or two when I give you the podcast update. Um, I, I did some Patreon videos when I was experimenting with Patreon, which is a project that I just thought I, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, I couldn't find the enthusiasm for it in the end. It just, me, it was just another thing to do. So I, I've stopped, I stopped Patreon, but I did generate quite a lot of content in Patreon and I've got some interview extras and things like that. So I quite like to repurpose that content and make that available on the main self-publishing journeys website. And also when I was writing my podcast book, I realized that I'd, you know, when you have one of those dough moments, one of the things I was talking about was how to label your podcast episodes for SEO or search engine optimization. And of course, because podcasts start bit by bit, when I started the podcast diary, I didn't really think very hard about how I did it. I just launched it. And then here I am nearly 200 episodes later. And when I was writing the podcast, I was thinking, Paul, silly boy, you should have SEO titled all of those uh, podcast episodes that you've done rather than calling it Paul's podcast diary with a date on it. It was just a dull moment. And I thought, why, why didn't I do that? But all I did is I started it and I just carried it on and never really thought about it till I wrote that podcast book. So one of the things I would like to do to get that kind of evergreen SEO juice from these podcast diary episodes is to put titles on them, which have keywords in so that they get found better in the search engine. So anyhow, that's, that's another sort of author platform job that I'd like to try and get to in this quarter. Um, item 11 on my list is also blurred out, but it's basically talking about some cash-related things, um, mainly accounts, but some other things as well on there uh, that clearly are, you know, private, uh, but, you know, they're money matters, basically. And then item 12 is Shallow Falls 2. This is um, the follow-up uh, to the, what's it called, Now You See Her book that I had co-written with Adam that I've now got the rights for. I'm going to call that the Shallow Falls Trilogy. It's set in a fictional area called Shallow Falls. And so I'm going to start work on book two, and I'm hoping to get the outline done and to get to 40,000 words of Shallow Falls 2, which is as yet untitled, uh, by the end of June. So that is quarter two. It may have to change. Quarter one had to change because of all, you know, everything was just all over the place. But I, that I could achieve all of that with the, the new routine I've got with everybody at home and my wife not working. And my feeling is, you know, I, it's so difficult to call this, isn't it? But I can't help feeling that, you know, May, June, things might start to unfreeze a little bit. But I don't think they're going to get to normal till after summer. I, I, I may be wrong, but we'll have to wait and see. So I'm just, the reason I'm saying that is I'm, you, you've got to speculate. You've got to have an opinion on this because I've got to make some plans. But I think that if everything stays as it is, I can get that delivered by the end of June. And obviously I'll keep you up to date in the diaries. Okay. Let's move on to the podcast then, because I did say to you after my little break with the podcast that I would, um, I would get to episode 200, which is the, of, of this is of the podcast diary. I can't remember what it is totally. It's something like 100 and, what is it? 300 and something, 300 and something. 
uh, episodes. But it's the four-year anniversary on the 9th of May. And I, I kind of timed everything so that it would be episode 200 on the four-year anniversary. Because you know how I am with these things, with these numbering things. And then I said to you that I would review it. And I said to you that I, I thought at the time that probably we might then go to where we go to Spain. Uh, and But I didn't commit to that. And then I said, you know, and we'll have to see where we are when we get to Spain. So let me tell you where I am with things. And this sort of takes into account all the changes. It takes into account inverted commas. I know I keep saying inverted commas, but retired, because I don't want you to think of me as retired. I'm still doing as much work as I ever did. I'm just not going into salaried work. There isn't a word for that, is there? And it's not even semi-retired. I'm not retired. I'm just not working in a salaried job now. Um, so I, what I'm going to do then is the last podcast diary will run on the 9th of May. That's going to be episode 200. And I told you last week that I've been recording some extra episodes in case I came down with this coronavirus and had to had to skip a few weeks. So I've got I've got two of those episodes in the pot, and I, I've got two to three more that I want to record. So after the 9th of May, rather than getting a podcast diary, I'm going to run at the rate of one a week, those how-to episodes. And basically, it's about sort of 50 minutes to an hour of me giving you tips and thoughts and strategies and techniques on the following topics. WordPress, MailChimp, MailerLite, BookFunnel, and then there'll be one on self-publishing lessons learned. And then self-publishing journeys will be left at that with a sort of culmination of four years of my learning condensed into some useful and accessible guides. And I'm also going to just going to culminate this episode with that non-fiction book because it's just beautiful timing that I happen to have that first five-figure month, which I think is a a target that um, I'm guessing that most of you listening to this, if you haven't reached that already, that's a target that you would aspire to. So it just feels like a really good point in time to just bring everything with the self-publishing journeys podcast to a to a close, uh, to summarise everything I've learned that got me to that five figure mark, and just to summarise you know four years of learning in one book. And from a marketing point of view, that also works for me because it means that the the sort of evergreen podcast episodes, they are, um, if you want a legacy, they're a record of everything that I did to get to that five-figure point. Uh, it, it also pushes the book. It helps me to promote the book as well. And so do those five episodes at the end because they're talking about, you know, marketing techniques and strategies. And I can also, you know, cross-promote to the book from there. So that, that's where I'm going with my thinking. I think a five-figure month is a really great place to say, okay, you know, um, because I think the fo- my focus has changed now. When I started that podcast, I the, the 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 jingle every week says for new and aspiring authors, and I felt for some time now that really I'm not a new and aspiring author now. I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, um, and and because I've hit that five figure month now. I don't think for one minute I'm going to be able to continue that. I mean, if Facebook have pulled me, that's not going to go on for very much longer, is it? But but in theory, once you've had a five-figure month, you could have a six-figure year. So I've only got to replicate that for 10 months of the year, and that's a six-figure year. So I feel now that my pitch is not new and aspiring authors, as it was when I started four years ago. I feel like I'm a five to six figure author now. I want, now I want to work out how to get from five to six figures. And I'm not really talking about how to get the writing done now because 
I, you know, I bang the words out now and I've got 20 whatever it is books and I'm going to have three books done by the end of May. So, you know, really my, the things that are preoccupying me at the moment are not the things that are preoccupying a new author. Um, you know, I want to know now how to sustain five figures a month and therefore how to get to six figures in a year. That's where I am. That's the zone I'm in now. I'm not uh, worrying about, you know, am I going to get the writing done today or how do I get the writing done or what tools do I need to get the writing done? I've figured all that stuff out now. Um, it's, it's about now, it's all about income and marketing for me now. So I've felt for some time now that I need to change the emphasis of the podcast. So, um, if I, if I come back after those episodes have run, it will be with a different podcast with a different title. The focus is going to be different. So it might be, you know, if, if I came up with a title off the top of my head, it would be the five to six figure author. It's, you know, that's, that's where I'm coming with this. Um, and I don't want it to be in the basics. I don't want to be, if I do an author interview, I don't want to be saying, you know, so what do you use to write? Because I just feel like I need to change my focus from that now. Really, the sort of interviews I want to be doing, if I do interviews, are the kind of interviews that they're doing on the Six Figure Author podcast, where because you know they're they're literally using that as consultation. They're they're earning or they have earned six figures, and they're having conversations which are saying, "Well, how can I make more money from this?" And that's that's kind of where I feel I am now. It's all about the marketing now. It's all about the business. It's about you know how do we make the money? How do we manage the money better and things like that. That that's where I feel that I am now with this. Um, so if I do come back with a new podcast, it's going to have a new title, um, and it will have a new emphasis, but it'll, say, <laughs> it'll be the same old rubbish. <laughs> it'll be the same old stuff. So if I do come back, it'll still be a podcast diary. You know, it'll still be me whittering on every week, but the difference will be that I kind of want to do, a, I want to do some more boot camps. And this is kind of what I'm doing, testing these next five episodes, you know, these, these how to's. I, I want it to fuel the non-fiction work that I'm doing. So, you know, I want to be talking more about marketing and about websites and, and, and more technical stuff. Um, you, you know, that's at that, at that kind of next level, if you want. Um, because that's kind of where I want to be at the moment. That's what's really interesting me at the moment. So if I do interviews, it will be about people who've had breakthroughs with marketing and I'll be talking to you, know, burrowing deep down and finding out what I can steal from them in a nice way. It'll be craft stuff, internet marketing stuff, you know, sharing that kind of thing. But there will still be the weekly diary. That The weekly diary will be just the same if, if, I, if I continue with this. So the reason that I'm taking that sort of diary break is that when you change a podcast, I got to do some technical stuff with this and I'm probably going to change the way that I deliver the podcast. Now, again, I don't want to bore you with all this, but podcasts run on an RSS feed. And what I got to figure out is um, the way I set my RSS feed up and just put your fingers in your ears if you don't like geeky stuff. But I've always used a service called, and it's it's lost me, FeedBurner. I use a service called FeedBurner for my RSS feed. And the reason I used FeedBurner for my RSS feed, and only geeks will be interested in this, is to allow me to switch the feed um, fr from a different source without disrupting everything. And I I'm going to need to do that. So I'm thinking of putting my podcast into Anchor um, if, I, if I do do a new podcast, because it just makes it easier for me. I it removes some moving parts. It means I can get the, the episodes out quicker and, and more seamlessly. 
don't have to maintain a website and things like that. It also allows me to do a couple of extra things I'm quite keen on doing to build the podcast in a different way. And But I, I don't want to switch the stream off. I want to leave all the content that's from self-publishing journeys. So I need a bit of work time to figure all of this out. So that's a long way of saying that. You're going to get the podcast diary till episode 200. Then you're going to get four or five weeks of sort of pre-recorded how-tos. And then it will either go quiet. I'll probably, I'll just record a last episode to say, actually, guys, I've decided not to carry on. Or if I get the technicals right, seamlessly, (laughs) if that happens, that'll be the day, won't it? Seamlessly, the first episodes of the new podcast should drop into the same stream. But I got to figure all that out because I've not done this before. I know the theory of it. It's the, whether I get the practice right. So th- that's what I'm aiming at. But I don't want to lose any of the old content as I switch podcast hosts. So it kind of has to be that way. So I don't screw it all up and also to give myself enough time to do the work on it. So as I say, you know, at the end of those craft episodes, you'll either get a me popping up saying, do you know what? I've had an ice break. I've decided to just call it quits now and not continue. Or you'll get the first episodes of a new podcast. So to let you know then how that pans out, you've got podcast diaries until Saturday the 9th of May, unless I get ill and have to use those spare episodes. Uh, And then you've got special episodes until at least Saturday the 6th of June. It might be the week after that if uh, I'm just dithering about what those episodes will be. But it'll either be the 6th of June or it will be the 13th of June, Saturday the 13th of June. And then you'll either get me saying, that's it, guys, that's all, folks, or I'll pop up with a new podcast with a new sort of a different emphasis. And the other reason about that now is, um, you know, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts on my feed who, frankly, have moved into what I was doing. And, and let me just mention them to you because I listen to them all. Um, let's just go through my, my feed. The Aspiring Authors podcast, which I recommended to you last week, uh, Awkward Author from Melissa Grosso, We've got the New Author Podcast with um, Jerry and Lindsay Evanoff. These are all for, for beginners. Is there another one in there? And then we've also got Claire Sager's podcast as well, um, which is from time to time, but is also for beginners, absolute beginners. So I feel that there's, there's plenty there of people doing the, the real kind of basic stuff. And, and I feel that it's time for me to move on a level from that now also to push myself into that next zone. Uh, so, so, you know, I can recommend loads of great podcasts. And I still listen to those podcasts. Of course I do. No, I still listen to those podcasts. You, you can you listen, you can learn from everybody. It's my policy. And I, and I love listening to those podcasts. So I'm just going to recommend those to you if you're a new or aspiring author. But if you want to get more in the weeds with the marketing and the, the technical setup stuff, you know, the, the pixels and all that sort of stuff. This is the stuff that really engages me. I want to get more into that stuff. And that's what I want to change the emphasis of, of any new podcast to. So a little bit of uncertainty there, but certainty until at least Saturday, the 6th of June, possibly the 13th of June. So mid June, but also I will get a feel of uh, in that time too of of where the world's going. <laughs> you know, I think we all need to get a sense of where the world's going at the moment and and where we're all going to be at, at the end of this. So, um, let's just say let's put that point to the distance. Saturday, sixth of June, and I will let you know as soon as I know what's happening 
after that. But that's a long way away. I mean, how long away is that? That's three months, isn't it? April, May, June. It's two months away. It's two months. Another eight, the next eight weeks that covers us for. And you know you're going to get lots of um, sort of new content there that's going to be really useful. So, okay, that's it. Well, we're over an hour this week. Sorry about that. Actually, it's short compared with last week's extra episode, isn't it? I just need to go through some mentions from this week. Um, and it's going to be like a big roll call of names this week because uh, I got such lovely podcast listeners. I was I was a little bit nervous about telling you about the sort of income report because I, I know it's a, a difficult time. I know a lot of you listening to this will be worried about where the next income's coming from. You'll be worried about jobs and whether you whether there's going to be a job to go back to you. I know, I know, it's a really difficult time for a lot of people at the moment. So I was just very wary that that you know my good news came at a time that was going to be very difficult for a lot of people. Um, but as I would expect from such great listeners, you took it in the manner that it was intended, which was generally Paul. It's about blooming time too. Uh, you know, you've been banging your head against a brick wall for long enough. And so, so thank you for that. So I just wanted to, I mean, there's a, I've put all your tweets on the resources page for this episode, but I just wanted to thank uh, Claire Sager, Edwin Downward, uh, Sarah Painter, Nathan Burrows, Gabir Singh, uh, Daniel Saul, who else? Claire Lydon, Julie Stock, Julie Cordner, Jerry Evanoff, uh, Sid Bouvier. Who else? I hope I haven't missed anybody. Thank you for your thank yous and your good wishes. I really appreciate that. And it's always good, you know, when you, you sort of mention something on the podcast, it's always great when somebody that you don't know, um, you know, comes out of the woodwork. And I need to also give a shout out to Alyssa Grosso, by the way, who mentioned me and, and did a shout out on her podcast, Awkward Author, this week. Um, but I also, um, Lords Wellhaven um, contacted me this week. I think you're in the States, Lords. And Lords dropped me a lovely email and has given me permission to read this out to you this week. Lord says, Paul, first of all, thank you for bringing back your podcast in 2020. For a while there, I wasn't sure if it was coming back or not. I was really sad. I listened to a lot of podcasts in general and many podcasts on marketing and self-publishing in particular. But yours is the only one that I listen to regularly because I feel like you're so sincere, real and relatable. So thank, thank you for that. Um, that's what comes of sharing all the pain with you, I think. But next, I was going to reach out to you and thank you for continuing your podcast right now during this horrid pandemic. Your show is grounding for me. It reminds me of what I want to be and to do with my life. This show has helped a lot. It's helped me mentally during this incredibly stressful time. And you'll notice uh, that, um, you know, proactively, I haven't dwelled on the pandemic because I think we're all thinking about it and hearing quite enough about it and minor thoughts that you don't want to hear. So you've only heard about it in terms of how it immediately affects my life and the changes I've had to make and, and obviously planning. But I, I ain't going to do any punditry on it for you. Um, so Lords then says, now today, I haven't even finished your show from Saturday, not the special episode, but your regular show. And I found that you made five figures. What? Wow, that's so awesome. I had to write to you immediately. The monies you made are long overdue and well-deserved. You work for it and pounded the wall and pounded the wall and pounded the wall <laughs> and you did it. And I think that's that's kind of what I got from your reactions last week, that, you know, you've been with me pounding my head against that brick wall for how many years now? And um, I think many people sort of take solace in my journey in that they think, you know, you, you've heard all the missteps, everything that's gone wrong. You've seen how much work it's taken. And, uh, you know, I've shared all the, the bad stuff with you. I've, sh I've shared more bad stuff with you today about, you know, the Facebook uh, ads being pulled. I mean, if, if they don't let me back in, it's game over on that launch. Um, so, you know, you, what you get is a real life view 
of of how it's going the good the bad and the ugly as i always say so um that was really the 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 feeling that i got from all of your reactions last week that was that you know you have been pounding you all your head against the wall long enough it's about time too so so thank you for taking it in that spirit uh, Lords goes on to say, I've been listening for a long time and I recognise what you've been through to get to this point. Thank you for sharing your success with your audience. There are no guarantees, but it gives me great hope that it's worth it. Well done. Keep going on, onward and upward. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for sharing a bit of bright light during these otherwise dark days. And again, I've, I've had that feedback quite a lot at the moment, which is that uh, a lot of you just seem sort of grateful for the normality, you know, plodding on with the work. I've, obviously, we've all had to make changes in our lives. But I'm just keeping on, keeping on, and I've pivoted and I'm getting the work done. And I think, you know, hopefully that just reflects a, a lot of what you're doing too at the moment, because that's all we can do. We could just make the best of a, of a bad situation and do what we can with what energy we've got left after we've been watching the news and we're despairing about what's going on in the world. So anyhow, to all of you who reached out this week, thanks ever so much for that. Lords, it's great. It's always great to hear um, from new listeners who've been sort of waiting there in the shadows and haven't sort of popped their head up to say hello yet so welcome and it's great to hear from you thank you for sending that email I really appreciate you get emails like that it makes your day it's absolutely great so thank you very much for listening I know it's a long one this week but I hope it's been useful to you next week I will have another diary update for you in the meantime I hope that you are well and safe wherever you are in the world and that you have a great week of writing speak soon and bye for now Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.